And we are rolling. Da, 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 da. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And don't do this, mass movement destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow. It is we, Mass Movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 32 of Mass Movement Presents, sponsored by Engineer Records. As ever. As ever. Joining me, as ever, the Mass Movement main man. The Mass Movement main man. The main cat. Yeah. The big kahuna. Tim. What's up, Tim? The horrible prick himself, like. <laughs> horrible prick himself. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who's already uh, downloaded or streamed the show. Be sure to check out the archives for more shows. <laughs> more shows. The word you're looking for is shows. Episodes, yes, sir. Uh, we truly appreciate every each and every download, each and every. We do, comment. we do, yeah, we, we do. We might not like you very much, but we appreciate you listening to us. <laughs> and remember to tell all your friends and family about us. Share it, mm. post it around, even if you hate or them. Appreciate, it. yeah, even if you hate them. Just yeah, if like, you hate them, make sure you do. This is bad you can, press. You can inflict us upon them. Yeah. Uh, this episode, as as always, it's got all your geek and punk needs covered. We're going to talk about some shit. We're going to talk about comics. We're going to talk about Disney, and we're going to talk about yeah. beer and punk rock. And I think I'm drunk already. <laughs> Anti waste, <laughs> lightweight. We've been looking at Loki. We're going to be looking at uh, Avengers Campus. We're going to look at the Dr- Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from the eighties, the TSR uh, relaunch, woo, which seems very excited about. We're going to be looking at Lost, which I'm going to give a woo about. <laughs> I, I I started rewatching, <laughs> and we're going to be looking at uh, Welly of Arcor thing. <laughs> Welly Arcor's new book. Yeah, which is out on Earth Island. But before all that, we're going to chat beer. We're going to chat beer. Uh, so, we are drinking Vocations Naughty and Nice. It's a chocolate stout, and it is... Well, give me this. Let's have a little uh, sample. Proper good. Oh, lucky, lucky. Yeah. Sweet. Nice. Ooh. And that really nice chocolate sweetness. Yeah. Which is almost like a hint of coffee. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah like strong coffee. Vocation, they're from Yorkshire as well. We went to Yorkshire recently, didn't we, for... Uh, Few episodes back. I didn't go to Yorkshire. What? <laughs> I've never been. I've never metaphorically. Been, you know, metaphorically, <laughs> we took a trip to Yorkshire for a bit. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Hepworth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we're back on a vocation. Yeah, mm. this is lush. They're a good brewery. They do an imperial. Che- I've told you about their imperial cherry stout night like that. A mind boggler. They do mind blower. I've never tried it. Pours thick like syrup. It's like eleven percent. This is the eleven percent one. Yeah, but it tastes divine. It's yeah. one of the greatest beers ever made. Well, that's the dangerous type, and yeah. that's the one where. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's, when you, that's when your legs forget to work. Yeah. You know? And if you drink too many of them, you will forget what the toilet's for and just shit yourself. <laughs> and not even care. What else are we getting excited about, Tim? Grand Collapse's new album? Oh, yes. Empty Prince. So I, um, you know, being a swanky music type of chap, I'm not being in these things. I've heard the album. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. What else are we expecting? Um, it's out August sixth on TNS. Yeah, TNS records. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, they're one of those bands that just really 
do their thing and just, you know come out of nowhere and smack you for six upside the head. Yeah. Um. So we played them. Yeah. Um, we, yeah we've yeah. you know uh, we know Glenn. Yeah. We don't know Cal very well, but he's one of the most intimidating frontmen I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he's really got that fierce fuck you thing going on all the time. Them and um and Peter Tramp, I think, have been driving the. South Wales and it wasn't no, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. I mean, uh, trying to choose between them is next to impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you got the more serious sort of punk hardcore drive with uh, Grand Collapse and like the sort of less serious thing with Peter Tramp. Yeah, but you know, it's yeah, trying to choose between them is impossible. The new Grand Collapse album, my goodness. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's just, it's full on fury. Yeah. Just absolute mayhem. And, you know, it's one of those records where you know it's going to be mind-blowingly good before you can put it on. Yeah. Because it's crack laps. Yeah. Very true. They've, yeah. they've, never, they've never let us down. Right? No. I'm sure. No, I mean, it's like when we played them, right? And we did that ineffectual thing that we always used to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretend on my hardcore. Like, yeah. oh, here we go. <laughs> and then they come on and show us what you know, bands what can really we? do. Yeah. yeah. This is how you really do it, you dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Not your shambling, pathetic attempt at hardcore. But it sounds like, you know, a really bad antidote rehearsal. Did <laughs> you yeah. Ramon singing for? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they did blow us away, to be fair. Sp- um, I, I think smashed us into oblivion is, is a better... Also, to be fair, they blow everyone away, so... Yeah. We're in good yeah, company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on our own. So that's uh, Empty Plinth by Grand Collapse. That's going to be out on August 6th, something to look forward to. Um, we've been watching Loki as well. We have. Um, we are now, how many episodes? Six episodes, is it? Five, six. Five, six, yeah. Five uh, or six, something like that. How, how are you finding it? I, I'm loving it. It's uh, it's my fa- it's my favourite Marvel show, I think. You think? Yeah, it's got I, mean, I, I love it because it, it's so different. I think every show they're doing is, you know, thematically and stylistically completely different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much um, so. And this one, my goodness, it is, uh, yeah, time travel, chaps, time travel. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I love time travel. So, you know, anything that brings time travel into it, I love. And the fact is Loki as well. He's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Owen Wilson too. Well, what's not to love about Owen Wilson? You know? The thing is, like, my daughter and her friends all love Owen Wilson. And it's a well, yeah, we wow thing. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I... Because of the software adverts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what brings them to their attention. Some might say, well, let's watch this film about, you know, him being a helicopter pilot stranded behind enemy lines in Serbia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you've got no interest in that whatsoever. No, it's so apology. Does he say, wow, no, you know, he's, he's a full-on yeah, action wow. hero. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So where do you think it's going in, the, the Loki uh, show? I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. This um, hints towards like she might be like the enchantress or that sort of thing. Possibly that yeah. would that would work and it'd be fantastic. If it yeah. Was true. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to wait and see what actually happens. Can is not. Well, can we know? Like we know it's not can. For a start, we, we absolutely know for sure it's not can because can because Kang is going to be the next villain in the, in the he's going to be the big villain in the next phase of Marvel movies. So what they're talking oh, about is bringing right, Kang okay. in with the Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. Um, that so that will bring, you know, like come full circle because you've got all those films leading up to yeah, yeah. the Fantastic Four's reveal and then mutants are coming into the Marvel Universe, which will all happen around, I would imagine, the time of the Fantastic Four. Okay, cool, yeah. Uh, that works. So yeah, it's, it's leaving it very open, and, uh, but I'm loving every minute of it. It's such a, 
that, uh, that reveal on Friday, right? Yeah. Because I saw on Friday, I saw this week's episode on, on Friday rather yeah. than um, so that reveal. My God. Yeah. You know, that voice, and then he, of course he's going to be wearing that costume. Of course it's going to be him. So you're talking about the, uh, the after scene. The after I am talking about the after credit scene. scene. Yeah. 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 With uh, Richard E. Grant yeah. in, in the classic. Because that Loki. one second you think, what the f- have they done a Loki? No way, that can't happen. And then you go, this is marvel. They're not. How many times have they done that? That's not going to happen again. And then the post credit scene confirms it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they go from there is anybody's guess, but I can't wait for the next week's episode. Boogies, boozes, trumpets and losers. Don't touch the fucking vertical. Don't touch the fucking horizontal. Because that's television. This is the Mass Movement Podcast. Take care. Rock hard. Rock heavy. Rock animal. And may your children be born with hair. What about um, Avengers uh, Campus? Opening in Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, it makes me want to go back. Well, Speaking what, of like, like Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what the f- am I doing here? You know, when I when I should literally be hanging out on Avengers campus. Yeah. Right? Drinking stuff from Pim's Laboratory, drink, sampling all those lovely drinks, and then, you know, getting myself a churro, getting myself a dough whip, going on all the old rides, and then coming back and going on Avengers campus again. I think, what the fuck am I doing here, wasting my time typing words for other fucking people, doing a fucking day job? Well, why can't I be rich? Why won't you pricks buy my books? Right? <laughs> buy my goddamn books. Buy my fucking books so I can fuck off to Avengers <laughs> campus and never leave. So Avengers Campus, it opened uh, June the 4th yeah. this year yeah. in uh, Disneyland in California. Yeah, yeah. I, they, I know they're opening one in um, Disney World, and I know they're going to open it in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, and there's definitely going to be one in Paris as well. Right, okay. Um, what the schedules for them are, I have no idea. And it's similar in its, in its approach to the Star Wars. Um, yeah, but it's much smaller than Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, but the same sort of concept. It's, it's all interactive. Yeah, uh, so I mean, they, they were talking about like some of the, the characters that were um, actually appearing. Every single Avenger you can think of is going to be crammed into Avengers Campus. So yeah, you have yeah. like face-to-face and meeting. So Cap's there, Hawkeye's there, Black Widow's there, Scarlet Witch is there, Spider-Man's there, Doctor Strange is there, Ant-Man, Wasp, the Dora Milaje are there. Yeah. The Dormelage are there. It's wow. they're all yeah. there. And it's just going to be one of those mental sort of, oh, my God, who didn't you see when you were there? Yeah, yeah. And I, So there's not many attractions there. There's just like the Spider-Man ride at the moment, I think. Yeah. It's just like that one main e-ticket ride. One? Well, the Guardians yeah. one was already there. That well, was, that's that, already, that's yeah. replaced. Sorry, the I mean, breakout, I think yeah. uh, Disneyland, anyway, it's replaced. Um, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in, I don't know how they're going to work in Florida. I think maybe because the, the Guardians ride in Florida yeah. is in Epcot. It's not in Magic Kingdom. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to put Avengers Campus in Epcot, which would make more sense because it's like, you know, what's community of tomorrow, the world of tomorrow, and, you know, there's a whole science fiction concept behind uh, the Avengers yeah, yeah, superhero. Yeah. So if that's the case, then surely that's where it's going to be. It's going yeah, to make yeah. more sense to put it there. Um, so I'd rather off to Florida and see it. I mean, no offense to Disneyland, I love Disneyland. Yeah. Right? But, you know, when I'm in Florida, my hands don't hurt, my knees don't hurt, nothing hurts, and I just wander around Epcot, have a couple of beers, and then go, woo! <laughs> and, you know, and, and the, 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 <laughs> the more inebriated I become throughout the day, the more I'm going to enjoy it, the more I'm going to get into the spirit of things, you know, not let my sort of inherent in Englishness, which is like, you can't speak up, you can't, you can't yeah, yeah. enjoy yourself. Spoil it, because that, that's one of the things I love about Americans. They don't have any sort of... Filter? No, it's not a filter, even. You know, they just enjoy life. 
Okay, right, so yeah, I see the whole community, yeah. the whole spirit, the whole—it's all about enjoyment. Yeah, right? yeah. It's not about you know, oh, they're overly loud. No, they just enjoying themselves. They enjoying themselves yeah. properly. We're so fucking repressed here, right? Yes, and we overthink everything. Yeah. It's but like, you know, it's like dirty books for dirty books. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we're, we're just we're still as repressed now as we were two hundred years ago. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. And this is why I can't stand this blighted little country. <laughs> like, I really can't stand it. We're still doffing our caps. I said, yes, I'll vote for Brexit, but I'm Johnny Foreigner. <laughs> Fuck that. Want nothing to do with any of it. And uh, Disney Plus, in a few weeks' time, has got uh, Behind the Attractions. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. So oh, that's going to be so, good. Now, I don't know whether it's going to be the 16th or the 23rd to be yeah. released. Um, one of the two. Do we know sure what we're starting, starting with? No. Okay. Do we care? No. Yeah, does it matter? Right? Yeah. I know that it's, it's basically a show that looks about the history and development behind each of like the most famous attractions. I feel this is like... Disney World, Disney yeah, this is made for you. Yeah, well, I, I think it is. I, you know, it's, it's like it's like my Jim will fix it letter, right? Where you're not worried about Jimmy getting your letter, turn up at your house and going now, then now, then now, then <laughs> outside your bedroom door late at night. I just so, think they got a monitor. They monitor, like you know, they, they know who you are through your subscription. Yeah. So you know, let's make a show for yeah. this guy. Oh, look at him! Three three a.m. <laughs> he's he's having a little cry because he can't be, and he's watching the Imagineering story again to what get his Disney like? fix. Yeah. You know what would he like? Yes, I know what he'd like. Let's make a show for him called Behind the Attractions. So it's That's basically it they're doing Space Mountain. They're doing it's a small world. They're doing the Jungle Cruise. They're doing a show about the Haunted Mansion. Nice. It's just gonna be. Yeah. I'm gonna sit there and just you know, I, I, anybody who makes a noise, I will literally batter them to death with a, with a dinner plate. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Don't care. You know, I love the sp- specifics of your assaults. Okay, well, it's got, you've got to be specific. No, you you know the copper well. turns. I, mean, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Plate. I've never seen a dinner plate in my life. I wouldn't know what, what one is. Well, what do you do off? Paper fucking plates, mate. <laughs> I just love the specifics. But no, I think it's going to be... It's got, it, that, the thing is, right, I don't know whether to watch it when it first comes out, yeah. right, on the 16th or the 23rd, and, and just binge it that weekend, right. or to save it for like the end of the month. Okay. Because the end of the month is Jungle Cruise gets released yes. on premiere viewing, right? Yes, so I'm yeah. definitely going to be seeing that because that feeds into my birthday, right? Okay. So it's going to be like a birthday weekend. Well, yeah, you know, like a Disney, a birthday weekend from Disney for me. So I can watch Black Widow, uh, Jungle Cruise, and that show, right? Never have to leave my chair, never have to go out of the house. <laughs> and then, you know, I've got a week off work. What could be better? There's no, there's no, there can be no way, though. You're gonna let them sit there for like two weeks or whatever it is, or a week. No, when they're out, you're not gonna let them sit there. For two you weeks. have no idea about the, my force of will. When it comes to this thing, so I can do this shit. I don't believe that for a second. You don't, don't believe that for no, a second. No. no, I've done it before. No, I don't watch. It's, I don't watch Loki on a Wednesday night. I can watch Loki on a Wednesday night. Three, you know. Yeah, I can. I can. I can do a week. I I, I can quit any time I like. I can, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can do two weeks. Especially when we got me bleeding you. Going, oh my god! <laughs> if you, you watch it before me, I will drown you in your own toilet. <laughs> my own toilet. Mm. What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saint, and you are listening to the Mass Little Bed Podcast. So blast it! Oh, it must be time for a track. You're getting violent now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a band on Engineer Records. They got a new album out called uh, Don't Panic. They're called Next Scars, and this is called Born Sick. Blech. It feels like nothing. That pain in your chest. I know you're scared of doctors ever since they killed your friends. I woke up this morning, my car was 
Okay, cool. That was Next Cars with Bone Sick from the album Don't Panic. Go to Engineer Records and pick it up now. Now. Not tomorrow. Now. <laughs> now. <laughs> so let's go backwards in time, uh, back to the 80s, and let's have a revisit of the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, it was. It was... The thing is, at the time... <laughs> I'm not even playing D&D. I was it 86, 87? Yeah, yeah. So I played my first game of D&D in like uh, January 83. Okay. So, you know, it makes me proper old. I was like 10 years old when I played my first game. Because it says you can play this game at 10 years old. I fucking well will play it. <laughs> um, you run from 1983 to 1985, three seasons. The cars in 1983, 1985. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a couple of years before I thought it was. Yeah. Um, so it comes, I mean, by the time it hits here, I think it's like 1984, so it hits the UK. Like a year after I've yeah, been yeah, yeah. Dragons. So all the shit you've been taking already from, yeah. you know, uh, the dickheads in school were saying, oh, you play Dungeons and Dragons, you fucking do it. Yeah. Like, but you're watching the fucking cartoons. Yeah, right, yeah, you know? yeah. And the way it starts, oh, look, it's a Dungeons and Dragons, right? In my little brain at the time, I'm thinking, is there such a thing as a Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> right? Where might I find this magical thing? Okay, that was written for you, wasn't it? Mm. D&D and Rise. Yeah. Was that a theme park? Somebody's watching off you, mate. Somebody's watching off you. Yeah, I wish they'd fucking fill my bank account, right? <laughs> It's like being teased, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it's like, it's literally, it's, um, so it might be like my own version of hell. Yeah. So I'm probably already dead. So I'm, like, I'm being teased. Look at all these marvellous things. Over here, so you can't have them. Yeah, yeah. So even though they're made for you, we're not going to let you actually try them. What do you think there was behind it, though? Do you think they were trying to reach out to a more mainstream sort of... Well, at the time, there, was a, there was a lot of interest in D&D at the time. I mean, it... it a re- the game itself had really taken off and TSR just relaunched like the other was the first edition of the basic game right yeah yeah which was 82 83 so it was being aimed towards a younger audience so you, you'd come from advanced Dungeons and Dragons down to like basic D&D and then expert D&D and then yeah advanced D&D so I mean I, that's how I started off with basic D&D which is you know levels 1 to 3 so it serves as a perfect introduction for kids to go wow there's this cartoon yeah we no, can now this. see play this game yeah, it's yeah. sort of like the He-Man cartoon yeah, yeah. You know, which was so. designed as a marketing tool for Mattel. For the for the toys, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So was it designed as a marketing tool for the game? I don't think so because it was slightly more complex and it was slightly more, you know, involved than just a basic cartoon. Yeah. The stories were great, like Venger and uh, the Dungeon Master. And, you know, you get this idea that, because it petered out towards the end, it never actually resolved itself. Did they get home? Who knows? Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. Right? But it's that script at the end where they did get home, they find out the Avengers really dungeon master. That's and right. It's been, and it's, it's like taking on a quest to learn about themselves. And yeah. To, you know, and you just think, well, I'm glad they didn't make that fucking episode. <laughs> because it was it's just heavy as well. For, for, yeah. Um, I remember it being quite dark and sort of feeling, I remember like, because I was a bit younger than you, obviously. Right. I remember feeling like a, a bit of, most cartoons you watch, yeah. feel like it's an easy go, you know. But there was a bit of fret with this, a bit of like, <gasps> Well, they lost forever, like, you know, they... Well, yeah, but it, I mean, it's it sort of... What I liked about it was it made people realise that Dungeons & Dragons wasn't such a nerdy pursuit. You could have such a... You have a great time. Of course, it's a geeky pursuit. Yeah. You have a great time playing this game. It's more... It's like Poker Night, mm. right, for grown-ups. If you're a grown-up player, it's like Poker Night. without having to lose all your money and explain to your wife why you stink of cigars <laughs> and pork and you've got nothing left in your wallet. You know? Yeah. That's what D&D is. That's okay. what makes D&D so much fun. You get to hang out with your friends and you get to play a game. It's about just being with your mates. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and just making up these wonderful different worlds to escape the dreary, bloody reality that is the UK. Yeah, definitely. You know? Um, what got you into D&D? What was your... Did somebody oh get you into it? Somebody introduced um, you? Or? I think I... I uh, it was a... F- 
I'm trying to remember what it was. And I think I was in a toy shop. I just happened to glance over it um, and see this game, Dungeons right. and Dragons. It's like this box. It's got this wonderful like um, picture on the front with a wizard and, and, a, and a dwarf or a halfling. And yeah. A dragon. I think I've got to have that. So, you know, I, so can I have this for Christmas? Yeah, you put that on the list. Because then the satanic panic around them. And then I find out who made Tars, where I already knew. Yeah. Via Star Wars, played as well. Oh, okay. So by the time I got the game, um, for Christmas, he was already playing. And so we played our first game like January 83. And I played with Tars, played D&D with Tars for years and years and years afterwards. Wow, okay. Um, so yeah, it's just, that's just, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Hawkins in Porth Court and they sold miniatures as well. So you get these miniatures. Is this the same place where you made, you made Boba Fett? It was. <laughs> yeah. Small world. Uh, <laughs> I didn't play D&D with Boba Fett. That would have been a, that would have been a game for the ages, like, you know. With him kicking over the table at the end, you know. Because yeah. <laughs> his fighter gets killed by a skeleton ambush in the first couple of rooms of the dungeon he's in. So, yeah, I the, the thing about the cartoon is it made me not want to play a ranger. Okay. And it mixes, it's based on AD&D character classes rather than basic character classes. Yeah. So you've got... Where the fucking acrobat came from at the time, I have no idea because I wasn't actually a class in right. the first year at the time. Um, but it made me not want to play a barbarian, not want to play a ranger, and not want to play a paladin, and definitely not want to play a fucking wizard. <laughs> you saw it from that, that perspective then, didn't you? Because you, I saw a cartoon before. Well, yeah, but I had my little, I had my little geek chick tick list, didn't I? So yeah, yeah, let's yeah. see if what they get right. <laughs> Licking my pencil, <laughs> that's fucking wrong for a start. <laughs> That's not a thing, you <laughs> bastards. So I saw it from that perspective as well. Yeah. Because um, I was a pedantic kid. <laughs> I don't believe, believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not. So that's the D&D cartoon, yeah, yeah. Uh, which everybody should check out. It's good old ladies fun. Oh, it's it's aged well too. I remember watching it a few years ago. It's well, I've, got well. the, I've got the box set on oh, DVD. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish they'd stick it out to one of the streamers so it'd be easier. So I have to fucking mumble, oh, gotta get the DVDs out now and switch over the television. <laughs> Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. You must be uh, chuffed about the TSR reader. Well, that's, I think mean, this, this is feeding it now because at the time, like when the, the, the cartoon was out, yeah. Gary Gygax was still, you know, head of TSR. Yeah, yeah. And he, they, it was basically the the D&D cartoon was his sort of um, his baby, brain, yeah, his baby yeah, and yeah. his sort of brainchild. And when it hit TV, you know, it was great business with TSR. But TSR, the original home of Dungeons and Dragons, went out of business in I believe the late nineties. Um, and Wizards of the Coast picked up the license for Dungeons and Dragons, but not the other TSR properties. Okay. Now TSR are relaunching with another fantasy game, right? Which will be basically Dungeons and Dragons done the TSR way rather than the Wizards of the Coast way. Is this an all new? Yeah, it's an all new fantasy game. Well, I mean, I will obviously get it because it's TSR. Obviously. What I'm most looking forward to is the fact they're relaunching Star Frontiers. Star Frontiers, yeah. Which is quite possibly my favourite science fiction role playing game of all time. Look at that artwork. It's just the artwork's brilliant. Yeah. But if they relaunch with the original artwork and just basically reprint the basic game. It doesn't matter. I'm still fucking buying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I've got like three copies at home. Have you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I, know, I really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like when Car Wars was relaunched by Steve Jackson Games. Like, yeah, 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 That's one of my favourite games. I got the relaunch, but I've got the original. And Todd sent me an original as well. So I've got like the original Car Wars. And I've got the relaunch versions of Car Wars as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Because, you it's know... It's like Michael, his Iron Maiden albums. He's got, like, uh, 16 versions of Power Slave, I think. Well, I, I, Power Slave's a great record. <laughs> I mean, it's like the last three weeks have been a hideous disappointment with Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah, with Bruce. Bruce yeah. bleeding off about Brexit. Yeah. Everybody knows I voted Brexit. No, you don't, you tit. Yeah. How will we know you voted Brexit? Yeah. I know, I wish he just... Oh, just talking. Shan, you know? Yeah. But when you think about it, right, he's, a, he's an ex-public school boy yeah. who's obviously come from quite a you know, rich family anyway. Exactly, yeah. And, and he was an Olympic fan. So what else is he going to vote? You yeah. know he votes Tory. Yeah. You know he's going to vote Brexit. Yeah. Right? He drinks real ale, which is what <laughs> Trooper is, which I'm never drinking again, by the way. Really? Yeah. In... Brexit. In story. <laughs> you vote Brexit, you can stick your beer up your ass. Yeah. You know, I listen to your music, but I'm not drinking your fucking beer. <laughs> I've not seen you live. Yeah. Well, I've seen live enough times anyway. Right, okay. And now they just piddle out through the new stuff and nobody wants to fucking hear that. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to hear anything after 1988 by I made. <laughs> I went to see him about four years ago. Right. And it was so disappointing. <laughs> Where's the stuff I wanted? Yeah. Where's the piece? What are you doing, you dickheads? Why are you not playing women in uniform? Yeah. <laughs> I've got my big box of Kleenex yeah. here. <laughs> and you're not playing the stuff I want you to. Yeah. But yeah, back, so back to TSR. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, tactical studies rules relaunching is a really big thing. Yeah. For yeah. me, at least. Because um, it's like coming full circle. Yeah. Now I've got to start emailing them and asking them for a job. Yeah. As a games good developer. Time. Yeah, good time. Because I, I, you know, I fully intend to do that. Yeah, do it. Because I could do it. Yeah. You know. And I've, I've got books out which you should all buy. Um, again. So Gary Gygax Jr. is at the head. As well. Yeah, E. Gary Gagas wow. Jr. So, Gary Gagas's son goes by Ernie anyway. Okay. Because right? he is, because Gary Gagax was E. Gary Gagax as well. Okay, right. right. So, Senior went by Gary, Junior goes by Ernie. Okay. Right? Yeah. And Ernie's been running uh, all the Gagax-related events and cons for years and years and years. This okay. guy is so steeped in, in it that I wouldn't trust anybody else. To handle it. With the ha- yeah. with, to handle this. But now that I know he's handling it, it's going to be fucking brilliant. I have no doubt this this relaunch is going to be amazing. Excellent. I am fully on into it. When's the first one out? Do we know? No idea. Don't care. I'm just going to keep looking at the computer screen. Hopefully you'll be working yep. for him. Well, oh, mate, that would be like one of my <laughs> dream gigs. I have like three dream gigs. Right? <laughs> Who's a creative writer? No. No? That's, that's the feature in the top three. Okay. Right. First job yeah. is writing for Marvel. Okay. Right. Yeah. Just editing for Marvel, not even writing for him, just editing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Literally being behind the scenes and doing that kind of stuff, because I would feel like, oh, why is my name on a comic? Oh, my goodness. I, I, <laughs> I, I, you, know, you wouldn't feel like you deserve the honour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd love to work in Marvel editorial. Okay. Um, Second job. Yeah. Working for TSR as games developer there. Right. Okay. Right. Or just, you know, fielding ideas to come in. Yeah. Would love that. Yeah. But the, the, the ultimate dream job would be to work in Imagineering. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah. 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 I would kill you all to be Imagineer. Quite happily. <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally would, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's, that is one of the dream jobs, isn't it? That's a dream job for anybody. I wouldn't care yeah. how much they paid me. No. You know what I mean? Because that, that gives you the opportunity to work for Imagineering. Get your little cabin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <gasps> <laughs> we give you a cabin in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> we give you a cabin in the woods and you can work for us. Deal. It's like, I'm there. Yeah. Where do, you to, where do you want me to be? Like, well, we want you to be here. I don't care. <laughs> Couldn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So look out for us, the TSR relaunch, yeah. um, which is very exciting. And I'm sure we'll have more updates as, as they as they release. 
Yeah, I'll be wanking myself into the TV channels <laughs> all the way through. Of course, we'll have more, more forget information <laughs> as and when it filters through. I'll be yammering away about it because that's just what I do. Hi, this is Alex Webster from Cannibal Corpse, and you're listening to Mass Movements Presents. Okay, let's have a track then. Yeah. Uh, I discovered these guys. Oh, uh, right. Where you found these, I have no idea. Oh, honestly. Good, good call, bro. It, it, it popped up on like um, some hardcore forum. I was like, anybody into hardcore and wrestling? I was like, yes. Yeah, me. And it was this band, and they're called Kayfabe. It's <laughs> just um, like the greatest name for a band. Yeah. Um, this is called Over the Top, uh, but check it out. It's, it's, it's blistering. It's really good. Check it out. Over the Top. That was Kayfabe with Over the Top. Uh, check this out. Their names are both Brogan, Sean Mickles or Michaels. Obviously, it'd be Mickles. Ribbon Sean Michaels, yeah. yeah. All kind. So, <laughs> Ribbon Mankind and String, uh, Ribbon Sting. So, go check them out on Facebook at uh, Kayfabe Punks. If you like wrestling and you like your hardcore, you're going to love these guys. <laughs> Who doesn't? Out. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. If you listen to this show, you obviously love wrestling, you obviously love hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Like two, <laughs> one and two, oh, they go together. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Pepric, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Finally, we're going to talk about Lost. Well, not finally, because we've got something else to talk about after this, but we're going to talk about Lost now. No, I mean, what I mean is, I want to talk about Lost forever, because <laughs> okay. I fucking love Lost. All right, all right fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um... And you've been uh, reticent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you've been, you've looked at it now 
on because it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So I started. We started the three of us. Uh, yeah. Started watching Lost again from the beginning. Okay. And I got sucked straight back into it. Yeah. It took until about the first half through the first season. Right. I yeah. I love it so much. It's just everything for me. It's got it's got everything. It was um. There's things you miss. You missed the first time around when you watched it the second time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I never got to watch the final season, but now I want to see the final season because they have to slowly build up. We're on season five. Yeah, okay. So they've gone back to the island and Locke is dead. Right, yeah, yeah. But not really dead. Yeah. But he is dead. Yeah. But he's not Locke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know that yet. Yeah. And so he's just fucking with Ben at the moment. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because I would beat that dude to death. Ben. Happily. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't beat him to death a long time. Yeah, I didn't yeah. beat him to death a long time ago. First time he lied to me, I think I'd screwdriver. Right. <laughs> yeah. Walked in the bathroom, undone the toilet seat, come back over, smashed his smashed his <laughs> into the toilet seat. Well, it's, I, I I just loved Lost when it came out. I watched it in the first run, and it was like I loved every every character. I, I loved for a different reason, right? Even the bad ones, like even Ben. Yeah, he's, he's one of those. You know, he makes you hate you hate him so much. Yeah. Well, it's just a, it's just a duplicitous little turd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's anything to, for him to survive. Fuck everybody. Yeah, else, yeah. You know? And uh, Terry o, Terry O'Quinn or T Bone O'Quinn, as he's known. Is um Locke. He's a wicked character, Locke. I loved him. See, he that actor for me yeah. cemented his position as like a geek show actor of choice for Millennium. Yeah, you yeah, that's right, he's Millennium, wasn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. And again, that's another show that ended before its time. Yeah. Because that was just one of those shows you oh this is just so fucking good. Yeah. Um Josh Holloway, I liked him as Sawyer. Did you? Yeah. All right, fair enough. Because he was like <laughs> no, he was just um you never quite know you knew who you were with him, did you? No, and that, that I mean, I, I like that unpredictability. Yeah, of, yeah. Um, even though I sort of like things in order. And, you know. Matthew Fox, I enjoyed as Jack. I thought he's a bit too up. I think he's a bit too uptight and a bit too up his own ass. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's always been led to believe that he's a golden child and he's going to be a golden child. For yes. Um, I hate Kate. I absolutely. Do you? Oh God, yeah, yeah. Hate Kate, but love Evangeline. No. Evangeline, no, no, oh. no. I because I hate the character so much. Okay. Because she just keeps fucking with everybody's emotions. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. all about her. Yeah. What she wants when she wants. Yeah. When she wants and nothing to do with anybody else. Yeah. Everything else true. is just like a pawn in her game. Yeah. If I had to choose one character, right, yeah. who I would hang out with, no problem at all. Yeah. I spend a ton of time with it would be Hurley. Hurley. Yeah. I could happily hang out with Hurley Hurley's for the rest of my days. So, but I don't like people very much. Right? Yeah. But Hurley, I could be around no problem. At all. <laughs> Um, How far are you into his story arc? You've seen like the whole mental hospital thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a great season when all that. Was. I want to put him in mental hospital. I like, do. Let's go. Let's go get fucked up. Like, don't need to go and check yourself in. Um, JJ Abrams. Um, he did. That was this one. Obviously, won his first thing, but mm-hmm. it was it was the thing that put him on the map. Really, well, it, yeah, it, I, I absolutely put him on the map. Yeah, it made yeah. him like a household name. Yeah, him and Damon Lindelof. Lindelof. Yeah. Um, and you know when you see uh, like Lindelof's name on something, you know it's going to be well written. The characterization is going to be superb, and it's going to be thought through. Yeah, it's not going to be a basic A to B to C to D plot. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, because he likes to circumvent the narrative and wander around the place, which is why the series of Watchmen was so fucking brilliant. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. that that is yeah. literally one of my favorite television moments in the last five years. The Watchmen, uh, the Watchmen the TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when he said. I'm walking away after one series. It's like, that's perfect. You don't yeah. need another series. You told the story you need to tell. That is the perfect narrative. Did you think, like, is the criticism on, on Lost was, yeah. one, the final season, and two, it kind of, they were accused of making it up as they go along? Well, Do they you, did, to a certain degree. Because, like, everybody says, the, uh, when 
Uh, me and Emma watched it. Mm. Like the first end, the first episode, we just turned around to each other and said they're in purgatory. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the popular consensus is like all the fans were like, yes, they're in purgatory. It's purgatory. And Lindelof's no, no, it's not. But it sort of is. Yeah. Kind of is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't discover that till the sixth season, which I've still got to discover because I haven't seen the sixth season. Yeah. So, um, but which was fine. I mean, a lot of people got it from the first inning of the purgatory thing. Yeah. But it's how they got there. And well, it's only supposed to last for four seasons. Yeah. Initially. And, so the and final, it was right in the, in the strike as well, wasn't it? The yeah. So, they, so you time. have to like push it for another two seasons. So you have to come up with something. So you, you're, you're basically on the spot. You've yeah. Pushed yourself in this corner. You've got to take. You've got to take note of all the character development at this point. So you've got. You're going to have to. Right according to the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can't be easy. Um, no, no, no. I mean, would I have written stuff differently? If it was me, yeah. I'd handle character development a little bit differently. Yeah. But I wasn't on Damon Lindelof's writing team. I, you know, much as I should be on one of Lindelof's writing <laughs> teams. And I would love to be in the room with some of these guys and just bouncing ideas on Yeah, see how, how, how it how oh, comes out. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just, you, you, the more you find out how writers' rooms work, Mm. on these shows the more I'm thinking I want to be in there yes yeah, I just yeah. want to be sat there yeah. I want to be riffing on these ideas with you. I don't care if my contribution is like one show per season which is what most writers contributions are yeah the fact that you're actually in that room and you're riffing off and you're working out this development arcs together yeah that, that, that's something to but me they all just, spark each other don't they, they yeah it's just like, like a dream gig yeah oh, totally yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's supposed to be an art for writing for television and for writing for yeah. radio, and they're, they're two distinctly separate things from writing prose. Um, but, you know, in my day gig, right, mm. as a copywriter, yeah. which is what I do, yeah. people, um, in the last 12 months, I've written a million words of content, right, which is like 10 novels. Yeah. All thoroughly researched, edited, and put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think gives me the chops to write for anybody. And, you know, that yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. an egomaniac. Gives me the, now the, now gives me the chops to write for anybody anyway. Yeah, you, you proved know? you can like sort of take a subject and like yeah uh, run, run with it. it. Yeah, yeah. And any subject, mm. I mean, I've been about stuff from from AR15s to the camshafts on diesel engines <laughs> to how to look after a bearded iguana. Right? Yeah, yeah. What to do if an alsatian attacks you? What this what these fish do? Right. The the best sort of electric saws in the world. I can give a fuck about DIY, but I can sell you an electric <laughs> saw via. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, content writing. And so I'd just love to be in that room. I'd love to get a chance to be part of that process. Yeah. Um, and now you can see with, with Lost, it was it was never a simple show, you know, because you, you're looking at this age-old idea because it's like the battle between good and evil, obviously, all played yeah. out on this island. Yeah. So we've got the eternal war between heaven and hell, which side do you take, which side goes forward, which side wins eventually, mm. you know, because it's... It, it seems to me, I mean, I'm only in season five and I don't know where we're going. Yeah. Then after there's a stalemate, both sides are stacked against each other um, and they're each looking for an advantage. Yeah. Which yeah. is why the fight was brought down so it would give them candidates who could maybe further their own individual causes. Yeah. Um, I just love the way the, um, this, the, the structure they gave her as well. Like, right. The, every season at the end of it would give you something more to like, like is oh he's found a hatch right there's a light in the hatch there's a light coming from the hatch and then you know, they but find it, it builds it up gradually yeah well, the, they the, hear the, the, the numbers the, yeah and the, the antenna thing that and... I really enjoy about it is the way the characters have developed yeah yeah because yeah. like season one this is where you stop these characters Sawyer's the bad dude Jack's the good dude yeah yeah Kate's sort of ambivalent yeah. Curly's good uh, Charlie's uh, yeah 
nobody knows what Locke's doing as he's circling the field. Yeah. And then the way the characters change over time as their backstories come into play and their own emotional development plays a part on what they're experiencing. Yeah. Sawyer becomes a character you never thought he'd become. Yeah. So you start off the first season thinking, oh, he's a fucking dick. By the time you get to season five, you're like, go Sawyer. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, when he started warm to soil was the time him and Kate were in the cage. Do you know, they had the fish food. Was it fish food they were eating or something? No, not fish food. It was, um, he had, had to bang the thing to get yeah, yeah, the food yeah. thing. Because it's like, it's like, because they're in animal cages. Yeah, I'm like sorry, animal cages. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you've got to like perform a monkey. Yeah. In this case, it's polar bears. Bang the thing, you get the thinking. It's like Pavlov's yeah. response. And he, right. I think, I'm sure there was a scene, I don't remember, where he sacrificed himself to get Kate out or something like that. Yeah, or, he has a paste yeah. implant. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, right. um, um, and he's not to tell her anything about it. So he basically says, you know, I'm I'm not telling you about it, but I'm doing this. And he's, he's you know he's been a shitbag all his life. Yeah, but all of a sudden he understands that he has a greater role to play in life than yeah. just being than looking out for himself. Um, yeah, so. and the clever little things they they put in as well, like every you know Sawyer was a big reader. Yeah, so every book he's reading on the island, you should take note of because it's all a hint towards what's actually going on. Now, oh, this or, I did not know. Yeah. So oh, I bought all the books. Right. Um, so one of the books is like The, the Third Policeman right. by Flan O'Brien, which is a head fuck of a book. Right. But it kind of, it's about space time and, you know, time between worlds. And it, so it's like, it's like a, a, an alternate reality book. So it's, Yeah. It's so like, basically the, the writers of Korean, if you want to know what lost, there's yeah. clues in there. There's, oh, okay. Yeah, there's okay. the clues for you to look at, you know. Because um, I know they're using sort of multiversal theory at the moment, or it looks like yeah. they're using multiversal yeah. theory to me. Yeah. From, from where I stand, because you've got this happened in the 50s, but this has a direct knock on effect here. And you yeah. know, if you say you can't change things in the past, but you can alter things. So Ben never mentions that Ben's been shot because, you know, he gets taken to see Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so does that mean that he doesn't remember encountering any of them? Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's so, a multiverse theory. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one little, one little action causes. A different universe to spring off so it's like parallel worlds every yeah. action has an equal and opposite reaction so you you move into a different sort of time yeah line that you, that you would have done if you hadn't done that thing and it was just like, people criticize the end and i won't go too much into it because i don't want to spoil it because mm. oh, you've seen it i know but you've re-seen it right? no I've, I've, I've never seen oh, okay. six. so it's like there's it bookends very nice i think okay. i'll just put it that way but um yeah i i i, I might go back and revisit it now I have all DVDs. <laughs> you don't need it on Disney Plus, mate. <laughs> you just watch it on Disney Plus. Why the fuck would you bring on the DVD? It's too much like effort. Push the streaming button. Yeah. I'm about to begin. This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. Let's talk about one, uh, one of Cardiff's favourite punk sons. <laughs> Gareth Welton. Gareth Welton. Otherwise known as Welly. Welly Arco. Welly Arco. Welly, for that word. Yeah. Welly FLW. Just, just Welly. Welly. Just yeah. Welly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got a new book out. He does. On Earth Island. Uh, yep, Directions to the Outskirts of Town. It's like his tour diaries when he's with Chaos UK and Four Letter Word. Yeah, so um, this is a uh, specific time in the 90s, I think. Yeah, so it's like uh, all the way through the 90s. I mean, I know he sort of, he serialised the, the Four Letter Word uh, tour. Right, okay. In an issue of Arcor. Yeah. Which was is one of my favourite scenes of all time, because this is why I'm looking forward to reading the book. Okay. I, re- I want to read that Four Letter Word tour diary again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's brutally fucking honest in it. Literally. You expect nothing less. Yeah. We, and, you know, but he, nobody shines in this story. You know, he's not, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't sort of 
pulling any punches. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he knows his own failings as well as other people. Yeah. And that's just welly. And, you know, he is, that's one of the things you either love about him, where he is unfailingly honest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, When's the first time I met welly? First time I met welly, yeah. fuck me. Uh, 1987, maybe? Yeah. Seven. Okay. When Marv ran autonomy records. Right. Because welly used to come in there all the time. Right. And, um, Basically, you know, you have these little metalheads coming in to buy their fucking punk rock records, so well, he'd have his fun with us. And, you know, to be fair, right, if I yeah. was in his position, I would have done exactly the fucking same. Yeah. I wouldn't give him too I have much. exactly the same story, yeah. But, you know, he, I like, I like Wally's sense of humour, because it's very much like my own. Okay. And it's very deadpan, yeah. dry, and sort of, you know, gallows humour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gallows humour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm so glad because there's a guy if you enjoy gallows humor as much as I do, then talk to this one. <laughs> I mean, me, like, he's um, but yeah, it's gonna be a great read, yeah, it really is. I can't, you know, it's one of those books where um, it looks at a certain point in time from a perspective of you're a fucking broke punk band, somebody right in the middle of it, like, it's, yeah, you know, you're it's... on the road in America, you're 5,000 miles away from home, yeah, this is your life, you're in the van. Yeah. Yeah, with people who you might start out liking, but about three weeks in, you're going to want to fucking <laughs> Yeah. Because, you know... It's not just going to go... It's not just going to be sort of, oh, you know, we did this town, we did this yeah. town, all went smoothly. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, 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 <laughs> we act well, we have plenty of petrol. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been on tour with yeah, a Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's not no, going to be that, is it? <laughs> you don't eat well. You know, basically, are we going to get enough petrol to get yeah. next time? Break out the hose pipe with siphoning time. Yeah. It's literally exactly, that yeah. you are down to your last fucking shackle. Yeah. Um and that shows character when you're facing that kind of adversity and it brings out the worst in everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so you've got like that that brief depending where you're on the bill, half an hour to an hour yeah. of freedom to play whatever you want to play and take out all your frustration on stage. Which is which is I swear why so many punk bands are great on stage. And they have so much energy and so much anger in their performance because you know, they, they, yeah, because it's, it's like that time when you know you know this is fucking it. Yeah, this yeah. is all we've got to express all this fucking bullshit that we go through for the you know, the twenty three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to sleep in some fucking squat that's riddled with fucking lice, and I'm gonna be on some <laughs> mattress where who knows who's been fucking there for my <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So my head's gonna be next to jism, dry jism, <laughs> you know. It's just disgusting. So that's going to be not the book, like the whole, yeah, yeah. Thing, the, whole, <laughs> the whole point of what you have to endure to play these shows. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's going to be real soon in the yeah, Irish Islands. You know, if you want to read a book that's going to make you laugh, make you fucking out. Yeah, yeah, why does anybody do this at the same time? And and show you proper dedication to the punk rock course. It's going to be this fucking book. yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like I've read the four letter word tour diaries. They were fucking brilliant. Yeah, they were literally. A zine highlight for me of the last fucking 35 years. Wow, okay. I mean, I love the way Wally writes anyway. Right. And it's just pissed me off that it's taken him this long to put a fucking book together. Because <laughs> he, well, he should have put a book together 20 fucking years ago. Yeah, yeah. He should have been writing books for 20 years. Because, yeah, he's one of the good ones. Let's see what uh, his band's on, shall we? Oh, four letters. They, they, they were fucking it. dreadful. <laughs> 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 they were a great band. Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah. Four letter words. This is a new track uh, they've put out recently called American Carnage. Go for it.
That was Full Letter Wood with American Carnage. Go and check out Welly's new book, Directions to the Outskirts of Town, which is on Earth Island Books. Go buy some Full Letter Wood records and indulge yourself in some Welly. <laughs> I keep Welly in the style to which he should become accustomed. Yes. Let's have a deep dive, Tim. Let's have a deep dive, Chris. Hi, this is Barney Veer from Night Farm Death. And through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. Yes, let's deep dive, man ball. Oh, New York, New York, New, New York. York. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> Motherfucker. I feel like Wally would have something to say about this. Oh, he would cut our fucking head off. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> off with their heads. <laughs> so, Colin, where did you begin with my ball? Set stuff. Uh, Me too. And, like, and, the, and, the, and the EP before that? Uh, Drop many seconds. Yeah. yeah. Is it, no, um, the first EP that recorded was Oh, Ball Destruction. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was in Pro Records in Liverpool when this just wandering around. Yeah. And there's this EP, Mad Ball. And it, there's a sticker on the front, mem- featuring members of Agnostic Front. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I thought. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> members of Agnostic Front and 13-year-old Freddie Christian singing vocals. Yeah. Roger Miray's little brother. Let's give it a go. Let's have a look. And it was all right. Yeah. It wasn't great. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Very yeah, basic. Structure. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's basic. But it's fun. It's sort of... I think Roger was on bass at that time as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. captures the sort of spirit of that. Madball was just one of those bands that Roger and Vinnie put together because hmm. Freddie was visiting, would come up to visit Roger in New York. That's right, yeah, yeah. And he'd sing along at Agnostic Front shows and everybody loved it and Freddie got up to have a sing-along. So they put Madball together to give Freddie something to do and focus yeah. on. And it's, it's, it's a pretty good record. It's not yeah. great. It captures the same sort of raw spirit as United Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all right. And then Set It Off comes out and you think, oh, that's a fucking yeah. great record. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then I sort of lose it a bit with Madball because they became too metal. Oh yeah, for me that is one of the, that's been one of the criticisms of Madball is yeah they went too metal and but I mean again I have got a, a couple of years on you and my hardcore to your hardcore were two different things yeah even absolutely. though we're both no, absolutely I think Madball yeah. is more sort of your generation's hardcore yeah than yeah, yeah my generation yeah yeah very much so yeah. Um, yeah. And that's cool. That's mm. fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. The last two records Madball have put out, I have absolutely fucking loved. Yeah, yeah. They've been great. Yeah. Because that's proper just, it's more, it's like the bruisers playing New York hardcore. Yeah, Freddie's one this, this sort of, this gruff voice though. He, he yeah. don't just shout anymore. It's... But it is. But to me, it's like when the bruisers went away. Yeah. Like American hardcore lost something really special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, Madball have gone, yeah, we miss the bruisers too. Yeah. Let's take what the bruisers were doing, add it to what we were doing, and turn it on. On those last two records, fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I never would have thought I would sit here and say, yeah, I fucking love a Madball record. Going back to set it off, I mean, for yeah. me, it was just, it was street music. New York, New York hardcore street music. Yeah, yeah. And I it was the soundtrack for, uh, for an Angry Freddy. Yeah. More importantly, I think, at the time, it was the soundtrack for an Angry Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, not for an angry Freddy. I think Freddy's just emoting what you are feeling. Yeah, yeah, that which too. Which enables yeah, yeah. you to, you know, to, to seize onto this, and it becomes a record that's important yeah, to you. It makes you, yeah, it makes yeah. you go. Oh, somebody else feels this way. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they were doing for you was mm. what Bad Religion did for me. Okay. Because that gave me, a, they gave me a voice to express my emotions. I, yeah. At the time, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling, but the fact that these people can tell me, yeah, we're feeling this way, and I sort of like, yeah, I understand, I get that. That's probably why you connect with that record because it's got that emotional undercurrent that yeah. you immediately identify with. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Do you remember Matt Freddy or any of the Hoyer? Or? I've met Hoyer. Yeah. Uh, once. 
been ages ago. I've always wanted to interview Freddie. Yeah. Because um, he's a hell of a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and he's an intelligent, bright, forthright dude. You know, there's mm. no, he will tell it like it is and he won't cut any fucking good. like his brother. Like his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, like, like, when, I, when we interviewed Roger, yeah. I took him to see Roger and I said, I mean, I've interviewed Roger five, six times. Okay. Something like that, maybe seven times. Yeah. And he's still one of my favourite people to speak to. Mm. I could interview Roger every week. I'd yeah. get bored. Because yeah. he will, he just, there's no bullshit in the dude. You know? And they've got, they got stories to, to, you know. It's not even the stories, it's just about swapping opinions, you know, you are just discussing right, certain yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because, you know, if you, sometimes when you speak to people, they're like, oh, well, uh, nah, you don't get that with these guys. They're just, they're telling you exactly yeah, how, this how, is how feel. I feel. This, yeah, is yeah, what, yeah. this is what I think about it. Mm. Whether you agree with me or not, it doesn't matter. This yeah. is my opinion. We can talk about it, we can discuss it, and we, we don't have to agree. I think Friday's very much like that. Yeah. You know? And that's why each Madball rep, I think, has a sort of vibe of its own. Mm. Maybe that's why I like some, like the last couple, because it's Freddie sort of becoming my age. Yeah, yeah. You know, start, start Mature start, a bit. But. Yeah, and starting to think maybe like the same way, because except for these thought processes change over time. Oh, totally, yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know it's like, because it, I'm, I am rapidly, I'm aware that my 40s are rapidly disappearing. <laughs> Yeah, um, and there was a saying I think Muhammad, I think it's Muhammad Ali said, so, "You know, show me a man who thinks the same way at fifty as he did when he was 20 Yeah, and I'll show you a moron and an idiot yeah. because you yeah. do change over time. You, your thought process changes, the way you see the world changes. Politically, yeah. you don't change. No, that's right. It's bullshit about people becoming more right wing than they're old. You know, they don't. No, no, that's no. a fucking choice. Yeah, yeah, All right. And I don't, you know, I I have conservative friends, and I was I won't bin them because they're conservatives. Yeah. I like to discuss different political ideology. I think it's important to understand where somebody else's mindset comes from. Okay. If you're a fucking racist, I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have no time That's the line. And I will bury you in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. If you're sexist, you're homophobia, trans. Yeah. I will literally bat you to death the spade and bury you in my backyard. Yeah. I'm not saying there's anybody out there already. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, this is what I mean, you know, Madball have evolved with the times. They've not, they've stayed true to their roots. Yeah. But not on stale, are they? No. Yeah, they've evolved. They've evolved. Same as Agnostic Front hat. Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, just, I love that. I mean, obviously, they mean more to you than they mean to me. Yeah. Because you know? if, if we take it from Agnostic Front as the blueprint for Marble. Yeah. Like, Marble, a very one voice era, Agnostic Front. Whereas, uh, do you know that sort of mum? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, to their album, bloody hell, Agnostic Front. Liberty? <laughs> Yes, yeah. Um, Madball took a lot of that. Took a, you know. Right, but that's that's on that's around the time when the band is starting to evolve anyway. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Liberty and, and One Voice are around the time where Roger's coming out of Clink. Yes. And I think yeah. it's starting to change for him in that respect. Yeah. The band becomes more important. And not, then, uh, it, not more important, but becomes more of his focus because it's a way for him to make a proper living and a decent living for his family. And same with Vinny. You, know, you put this fucking work in, you get something out. That's just the way life is. Yeah. And New York was changing around that time as well. On the the eighties and nineties, it was it was becoming not what they recognise anymore. Right, but I mean, when I went to New York, it was ninety two. Okay. Um, talking about because like ninety two was the year I spent July fourth, which coincidentally today Independence Day in America. Okay. Um, and I went to New York, and it still had that, and you know, went to the Lower East Side, went to CBGB, yeah, spent time around there, and it still had that sort of. Riding the subways, you still felt like, oh, this could be a bit dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can still hear, warriors. <laughs> so the warriors. Yeah, it's still like that sort of, you know, 
dirty sort of abused feeling look. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a lived in city, a proper lived in city. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love on New York. And it was, it was, yeah, it was just but after that, when it started, was it Giuliani when Giuliani came in, wasn't it? Giuliani's '96, maybe. 97. Yeah, yeah. Okay, '98. So when he started changing the role, didn't he? And yeah, yeah. That's when it really zero become, tolerance and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you will be banged up if you do this. Yeah. You will be banged up if you. For all the old New Yorkers were like, yeah, first you, you know, the place has the place has lost its. Character. Like well, that's why, like on Dead Yap, is the agnostic front record. You got that track with Giuliani, Giuliani, Giuliani. Fuck, fuck you, you Giuliani, yeah, yeah. Giuliani, Giuliani, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. And it took the rest of the world years and years to catch up the fact that Rudy Giuliani's a fucking bellend. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just the city is what it is, like, and Madball are characteristic of the city at a different time than agnostic front were. So we agreed on uh, set it off as the we agreed on set it off as a definitive Madball record. And on that note, a lovely little surprise. Yeah, a little bit of Welly's book. Yeah, so Welly's uh, graciously supplied us with a passage from his book, which he's read out. Um, so stick around at the end, which is now. <laughs> uh, but we're going to say bye-bye now. Anyone want to shout out? Yeah, I want to shout out Welly. want to shout out Welly. Dude's also. awesome. Um, want to shout out Engineer Records. Engineer Records. i got to shout out okay. Kayfabe. <laughs> Dude's in Kayfabe. Yeah, yeah. Just e- for being awesome. E. Gary Gagas Jr. for Rudolph and TSR, because brother, that is just amazing news. So, yeah, stick around for Welly's excerpt, and until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. On Thursday the 25th of June, Graham and Harry left early to hire a car for our trip to our American debut performance in Phoenix, Arizona. I was looking forward to it as I'd never been to Phoenix. They returned in a plush new car and we left for the freeway at around 9.30 a.m. This was Graham's first time driving on the American roads and his first experience of their grid system and special talent for hiding freeway entrances. So after getting lost for an hour, we finally found the highway to hell and drove east out of Los Angeles past a huge San Jorginho Pass wind farm near Palm Strings in West Coachella Valley and then onwards out into the barren and inhospitable Sonoran Desert until at last around 5pm we reached Phoenix. We drove around for what seemed like an age trying to find the venue at 2949 West Osborne Road on the northwest edge of Phoenix. Then finally we hit upon this flat-roofed, single-storey, fenced-off building at the end of a deserted industrial estate and I spotted the vortex sprayed by stencil on the door in small letters. We'd found it. Accustomed to the cool breeze of the Californian coast, we weren't prepared for the climate of Arizona as we pulled up and exited the comfortable air-conditioned car stepping out into an atmosphere not unlike the surface of Venus. Four agonising hours later we'd managed to walk the fifteen or so yards to the venue and we knocked on the door panting and parched. Inside wasn't much different and we found ourselves in a pitch black and trashed warehouse squat with bodies in various rooms among the catacombs. We stumbled across a body that moved and it was a hippie gentleman who kindly turned some lights on presenting us with the stage. A concrete floor funded by a seven-foot-high chain-link fence topped off with some fetching barbed wire. Was this to protect the audience or the band? The hippie guy then pointed out the ten-foot-wide red circle painted in front of the stage. This is the pit, he exclaimed. We painted it red so you can see the blood. Gulp. What the fuck was this? Punk Rock Blues Brothers? As we struggled for breath in this parched incinerator environment, a white van pulled up and out popped our label mates, John Cougar Concentration Camp, namely Chris Fields, Dave Swain, Rory Rogers and their merch guy, only known as Junior. 
Swift introductions were accompanied by handshakes and we found ourselves on a wrecked sofa parked against a fence opposite the back door drinking beer. Soon enough we were talking like we'd known each other for years as we watched some ants weave their way through the cracks in the earth and the heat suddenly seemed bearable. John Cougar concentration camp all wore jeans with turnips, white t-shirts and black leather jackets. They looked like they were ready to rumble and we later found out that their stage show backed this up. Chris Fields was the vocalist and guitarist, a wry character, unshaven with greasy hair that would repeatedly fall over his face before being swept back. Dave Swain on the bass had a twinkle in his eye that had acquired a few drinks in their time. Rory Rogers from BYO was standing in on the drums. The third of this trio all looked like quintessential clean-cut American kids. Their pal Junior was also a friendly guy and it seemed cool that we were due to play some gigs together. Then we met the promoter, a Weasley man who got his excuses in early by complaining about the fact that all were playing down the road in Tempe that night. Then we were confronted by the club owner, a flat-topped, tattooed, muscle-bound goon who looked like an ex-marine and prattled on and on about how he usually made a fortune promoting raves. Soon after, an ex-Mandingo drunk guy came up for a chat before he realised that it was getting late and only about 20 people had turned up. Some of the locals seemed a little strange at one particular pass and Einstein announced to us, Around here we knuckle up, dude, for no apparent reason. It was about 9.30pm and still about 90 degrees when we were entertained by the stage capers of 3 out of 4 and the Bielsa bullies before taking the stage ourselves, slightly nervous as we faced 20 desert primates through a fence. <laughs>
ghetto. A short, sharp and shit set was quickly executed, aggravated by the pre-1950s vocal PA. And not even the last chord had died out before the owner started yelling, Who called my country a ghetto? I'd already left the stage thinking everyone else was behind me. But I looked back to see the Marine and the knuckle-up dude had jumped on the drum riser and were directing their anger at Will, who was packing up his drum gear. Rory was already on stage, setting up his kit, and was telling the guy to mellow out when whack! Rory copped it twice in the kisser for his obvious intellectual superiority. Complete chaos ensued with sun-baked drunken morons scrabbling to grab all and sundry and each other in a free-for-all who's-to-blame situation. I looked on in horror knowing full well that I'd introduced our first song with This is a rich white ghetto, this is about where you all live. My attempt at a smart-ass fear-style stage banter having more of an immediate effect than I had previously anticipated. John Cougar Concentration Camp grabbed the guitars and Chris snarled and tormented the evolutionary challenge crowd by violently rattling the fence with both hands. The attendant rabble responded in a manner not unlike a pack of stray dogs with a fresh lump of meat thrown in their midst. Three songs later and John Cougar Concentration Camp just dropped the guitars in a swirl of feedback and disgust and left the building. And we all sat back on the battered sofa outside at dusk in view of the adjacent car park and its rows of pickup trucks. At the back of the venue, we were fenced in with our vehicles and on the other side of the huge fence, we looked on in disbelief as the club owner mounted the back of one of the trucks and proclaimed to the drooling rabble before him, Don't hit your own, hit the English. Fuck the English. As if he were addressing a blood-hungry mob prior to a lynching. Looking on, I asked John, You think it's worth pointing out at this point that we're in fact from Wales? Nah, mate, I think there's a fair chance that will only inflame the situation further. He quipped back. Arms aloft, the mob were in agreement with their leader, and as if to display their allegiance, a few of the most upstanding circled the car park beyond the fence in their pickup trucks, kicking up dust as they went, waving their fists out of their windows and yahooing, Fuck the English! The dusty unsettled blemished the darkening sunset as we gazed in awe at the escalating stupidity before us. I briefly talked to a few younger members of the audience who were there out of genuine interest in the bands before we decided to make a run for it. Some of these kids kindly agreed to help us by rolling open the huge chain link gates. And three, two, one, both bands floored it and drove through as bemused drunken faces momentarily flashed past our windows as we hurtled on by. As we bumped across the unpaved parking lot to our freedom, liberty and pursuit of happiness, we looked back out of the back window to see the pickup trucks still circling with American flags flying. We stopped briefly to refuel at a Denny's one exit west on Interstate 10 and laughed about it all in disbelief with our new friends that were John Cougar Concentration Camp <laughs> before they headed back to San Diego and we drove the 500 miles back to LA overnight. We drove as far as 3am and stopped at the Ehrenberg rest area between Quartzsite and Blythe, not far from the state line, and the spot where D. Boone of the Minutemen had died nine years earlier. And we slept until 5am, then drove onwards west as dawn broke. Movement presents. Movement presents.